any good stories from the road. Good pipe up. I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. I thought he was going to die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. Rat poison proof. They're mon geese. We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. Well, it's a lot easier to hunt when you got a deep room of Georgia quarterbacks. Jake Rowe, we start the Georgia show tonight with a little bit of breaking news, I guess, if you want to call it that. Take it away, man. Well, I mean, you know, it's – it's uh, word started to come out a little bit earlier today. I got to give Rusty Mansell over at Dogs 24-7 a lot of credit. I think he had it first uh, that, you know, sounding like it was expected that uh, Brock Vandegrift would stay – for his uh, for I can't even really keep up with this anymore. Redshirt sophomore season, um, his for the 2023 season. Uh, believe it or not, Carson Beck and Brock Vandegrift have the exact same. It's like they're in the same class. They have the exact same amount of uh, of years left and eligibility left because Brock uh, Brock came in in 2021. Carson came in in 2020. Well, 2020 didn't count. They both redshirted in 2021. Um, Neither of them redshirted last year, so they're both redshirt sophomores. Um, and uh, but uh, Brock Vandegrift is in fact coming back. We have uh, we have confirmed that. We've double confirmed that. We've talked to several sources at this point. Um, we've kind of let the okay. Is this an emotional decision? Could things change? Could things start to shift a different way? It doesn't sound like that's going to happen. There's always when you're talking about people making a decision, and there's time left to make that decision. Time, minds could change. I mean, you know, uh, you know, Kirby Smart could send this guy a cross text message on accident. I don't, I don't know. I'm, you know, all sorts of things could happen. But as of right now, uh, uh, Brock Vandegrift um, is staying at Georgia. He has made that decision, and I think it's big for Georgia because a few things are at play here. One, you get people every year who say, "Ah, it's a spring game. Not going to be able to glean too much from it." Spring game's over, and they have a list of things that are the or that are the end all be all. Um, and one of those for a lot of Georgia fans this year is that Carson Beck is the starter. Um, folks, I had people coming away from that first scrimmage thinking that Brock Vandergriff was going to be Georgia's starter. Okay, so uh, the second scrimmage they were probably a little bit more even, and then Carson Beck was a lot more you know uh, composed and and locked in in the third scrimmage. Um, you know, I, I definitely think Carson Beck's ahead. We maintain that. I'm not saying Brock Vandegrift's out of it though. Um, you know, he's Carson Beck made a lot of, uh, made a lot of, uh, strides between spring and summer of his, uh, of last year, you know, his third year on campus, despite the fact they've got the same eligibility left, uh, Brock Vandegrift could do the same. Um, you know, he's got, he's got to clean up some mechanical stuff and, uh, there's there's a there's some experience he needs to get, but either way, um, we're talking about a guy who, if he comes, you know, with if with him coming back to Georgia, with that schedule, um, your guy, a guy's probably going to see a hundred, two hundred snaps this year um, mm. of, of mop up duty. I mean, he's going to get a chance to play a lot, and and he's one snap away from from Jacob Fromm in this thing. Jacob Fromm, Jake Fromm in this thing, um, you know. So yeah, that's a great point. The Wally Pip situation. Yeah, and I'm not saying he would even do that, but he, but but just in terms of getting a couple starts under his belt and doing some things. Oh, I mean, we've seen that from Kirby. I mean, what does Kirby value? It yeah. is the guy that he can trust that is healthy 
and has practiced, practiced, practiced the most with the ones and twos. Uh And in a hypothetical situation like that, I don't think you can really uh, undervalue what Brock Vandergriff would bring. I'm genuinely curious, does does Brock's return make this the best quarterback room in the SEC, if not the country? And I ask that because of the way that quarterback uh, position works in college football and in the NFL. I mean, you really have a massive fall off a lot of times behind a starting quarterback if the starter goes down. And well, what you have at Georgia right now is just sick. If Brock does end up uh, staying through the fall of 2023, like we're learning seems to be the case. Yeah, um, I have a hard time saying that just because I don't really know. I don't really know how good Brock and Gunner can be whenever they've got a chance to actually be the guy. Um, you know, they're they, it could potentially be the best quarterback room in America, and I think the fact that he's staying means that they have a cohesive, very close, um, you know, they've got a, they've got a brotherhood there in that quarterback room. You don't come back and stay in this situation. If, if you're not looking forward to being around those guys and, and, you know, being a part of what you're a part of. And, um, you know, so I definitely think that, that it's the best situation Georgia could have hoped for, you know, something that I think a lot of folks were thinking, Nah, no way. You know, Georgia's going to have two quarterbacks on scholarship going in their next football season. Um, well, they they're going to have three. Um, and you know, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. Um, you know, it's it's going to be it's going to be three quarterbacks on scholarship, and that's that's big. And that's big for this football team for competition. For you know, you're you're a you know a whole man. Um, you know, further from disaster. And, and having to, you know, deal with a walk-on. I mean, you're going to have to get Jackson Muschamp ready to play or somebody else ready to play, and you know, pretty quickly uh, if, if Brock had decided to move on. But, you know, listen, it, it, when he stayed around, when he stayed around for spring, that helped Jad a lot because it was like, okay, well, you know, the Auburn ties don't matter now because he can't transfer to Auburn um, because you can't transfer inside the SEC after February right. 1st and without having to sit out a year. Um I heard Ole Miss might be a place that would be looking to get a hold of him, um, even though they've. I mean, everybody's transferring there. Yeah, they've got a whole. Lane Kiffin tried to get me to transfer there. Yeah, no, they got a stack of quarterbacks. You tell them you didn't play quarterback, you played tight end. They didn't care. <laughs> they didn't um, care. <laughs> you look like a quarterback, uh, but no. And then you know, I, I don't know, man. I, I think this is huge for Georgia. Um, you know, is this the difference between you know winning and not winning a national championship? I don't know, uh, but I do know that that. If we're looking, if we're listening to what we're told and we're trusting our information, that there were there was a couple of weeks there in the middle of spring practice where Brock Vandergriff was the best quarterback out there. Yeah. Um, okay. Then at the very least, worst case scenario, you've got a guy who can keep the heat on Carson Beck. And that's important in my opinion. Yeah, that's amazing. And we'll get we'll get to this when we get to uh Dylan Riola to wrap up the show. But it, it really can't work out better for Kirby Smart and for Georgia's quarterback situation. And, I mean, the fact that he's won two national championships now, I think, gives him the get-out-of-jail-free card on the whole Justin Fields, Jake Fromm, learning, growing pain situation. Um, but when you do have guys who are pushing each other, you've got another player like Vandegrift keeping Carson Beck sharp. 
uh, and making him make sure he's he's looking over his shoulder. And it's in a harmless situation like spring practice, G-Day, uh, fall camp. So both guys are theoretically getting better. Um, now, I brought this up in the show after G-Day uh, on Sunday night. And I, I'm not saying this is the case right now, but it would track with what we've seen historically that the best Georgia quarterback or the guy who ends up being the starter is not always the guy who performed the best at G-Day. I'm not trying to pigeonhole Carson Beck into that right. and say that he's going to tank or anything, but it's just a reminder that there maybe there's something psychological about it. Uh, at the very least, I think it's good for competition. And uh, for me, I was always skeptical of Brock. There's nothing personal against the guy. But coming out of single-A private, nothing against Prince Avenue Christian Academy. Um, but the competition just is not the same caliber. Uh, the players that you're playing with, not the same caliber. So I always imagine that if, if it was going to work out for Brock, it was going to take a longer on-ramp, I thought, than most guys, just because there's a, a steeper learning curve. And maybe this summer gives him the opportunity – uh, to just continue on that ramp. Maybe it's a like an exponential summer for him and something clicks and he totally passes Carson Beck. But whatever happens, I mean, we went into the show tonight saying, all right, we're, we're going to talk about some topical things, some hypothetical things, some hot take stuff we've seen throughout the week. But this to me is a pretty big development in Georgia's offseason that I, I didn't really, I wasn't expecting to hear a concrete breaking story on this, but uh it's a great story for Georgia fans. Yeah, and and Wes, you let's get to that longer on ramp thing that you're talking about here. Um, that's kind of becoming the norm, isn't it? I mean, Stetson Bennett, um, basically three and a half years of on ramp before he really got it going. Um, Carson Beck, um, a good two, you know, full years uh, before you know he starts to really look good in that mop-up duty. And I go back to, all right, how did Carson Beck look in mop-up duty in 2021? Eh, shaky, not so good, not great. Uh, how did he look in 2022 mop-up duty? Fantastic. Um, you know, that it's becoming one of those things where it's taking some guys some time to develop. And not only that, but I, maybe, maybe Brock Vandegrift kind of led us into the mind that Georgia's maybe Georgia's got a brainwashing thing going on here. I don't know. Maybe there's some hypnosis. Um, but he said, and I put it in the story, the the breaking news story we wrote a little while ago. The quote, whenever he came up, and uh, you know, back on you know earlier in the month, I think it was April fourth or whatever, uh, where he said basically, um, listen, if I wasn't getting better, I wouldn't have stayed. Um, you know, mm -hmm. if I, if I wasn't, if I wasn't improving, I wouldn't have stayed. And that, that's why I stuck around is because I knew I was getting better. I knew I was being challenged and listen, that I'm telling you that right there is going to take you a long way in life. That, that whole idea that, all right, listen, I can go somewhere where it's easier and, you know, maybe, maybe I can fall into a better situation. Maybe I can stumble, you know, maybe I can fall up the stairs that way, but, I've got a place right now where I'm getting better as a, as a player and maybe it's not exactly how I want it to be, but maybe it's best for me. Uh, I don't know, man, that's some mature stuff. And then you also hear, um, you know, just, you know, something I haven't really talked about, but something I've kind of picked up bits and pieces of 
Uh, and, and when I feel like when you add them together, you end up with a plate full. It's like being at a family reunion. You get a spoonful of everything and you end up with six pounds of food, right? Yeah, a little potato um, salad, some yeah. beans. Well, spoonful of this, spoonful of that there. One thing about this quarterback room I think people need to know is that Carson Beck, Brock Vandegrift, Gunnar Stockton, beloved. All, all three guys very much appreciated by the guys they throw to, the guys they hand it to, and the guys who block for them. Even the guys who catch their errant passes and try to take their heads off or would take their heads off if they didn't have non-contact jerseys. Mm-hmm. Um, these these guys are loved by their teammates. I don't know if that's a connection thing that Kirby Smart's built or if it's just because they're just freaking awesome. I don't well, know. Well, who is, who is Brock Vandergriff's roommate? Brock Bowers. Brock Bowers, yeah. And they hang out all the time. I mean, yeah, they're... Apparently, Brock Vandergriff has convinced Brock Bowers that that he's from the country part of, of California, <laughs> which blows my mind, too. So, uh, Wine country is not the country. <laughs> um. Well, and they do grow muscadines in the country in Georgia, so scupper yeah, That's true. You can make wine out of that. You can make you make wine just about out of anything. I have nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? <laughs> All right. Let's uh if y'all want to read more about that, Jake Rowe just put this story up, right? I didn't write anything about nipples though. No, no nipples in that story. Um so we had uh over at the on three studios checking in virtually Aaron Murray spoke with JD Piquel and uh, it's definitely worth checking out over on on threes uh, YouTube channel. If y'all want to watch that after this, because I mean, you don't want to leave this show right now, but I keep hearing Jake Rowe that Tennessee is going to be the team that knocks Georgia off the block, Tennessee, this Tennessee, that, and I get it. When you look at Georgia's schedule, they are the most imposing team right now. And we've really gone into Georgia's schedule a ton. I mean, we've dissected it as much as you can in February, March, and April. We know it's going to change. We know it's going to get more difficult in spots than it looks right now. It's going to get easier in some spots than it probably looks right now. But if you've had the opportunity to evaluate uh, what Josh Heupel is doing, what Joe Milton will bring to the table at quarterback for Tennessee – I guess you can mark my words here on April 19th. The best advantage Tennessee has is not Joe Milton. It's Rocky Top. Am I wrong on that? No, no, not at all. Um, I think one of the things that I think Tennessee um, is – I think Tennessee should probably have a little bit of a beef with Auburn. Um, And this is why. When Auburn um, did what Auburn does – and that is um, go to the SEC, uh, I don't know, with a certain tone of their voice or hat in hand, and they say, all right, we need, Tears things, in their eyes. we need things to change. We can't play Georgia and Alabama in November anymore. Boo-hoo. Um, Tennessee's going to have to trade spots with us. Well, man, listen, by the time you get to November and Georgia has gotten a bye week – and they've used a little bit of off-season time, and they used a period here and a period there to prepare for Tennessee, and they've got all the film on Tennessee and any sort of new wrinkles that have been put in the offense. Georgia's more ready to play that offense, that unique style that Tennessee goes with, um, than they normally would be. Um, 
So I think that's something that you have to look at. And then ultimately Tennessee um, is just a couple, two or three years away stacking defensive recruiting classes from being legit on, you know, to Tennessee is on, if you go out there and you stop Tennessee, Tennessee's going to have a really tough time beating you because they're just not very good defensively. And it's going to be hard to imagine them being a ton better defensively this year. Um, I don't think they're going to be as good on the offensive line. I don't know where the receiver talent's going to come from. Cedric Tillman, Jalen Hyatt, Georgia shut them down with those two at full speed last yeah. year. So with with sorry Keely Ringo, you know that guy was terrible. Yeah, with terrible old Keely Ringo, um, you know that Georgia fans can you know get into that one. But well, uh, but yeah, I mean, fans. I mean, you got Darnell Wright. Um, they're losing him at at offensive tackle. Um, I, I don't disagree with Aaron Murray that, that that's the biggest threat in the East. Oh, but, I don't either. But Georgia is doing a really good job of keeping the East maimed. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's a threat a year, basically, is what they've turned the East into. And, um, you know, it was Kentucky there for a couple of years. It was Florida there one year. Um, and Florida actually got on top. You know, they they actually, you know, got the right pieces together and, and caught Georgia at the right time. Um, but, um, you know, and, and now it's Tennessee and, and I do think Tennessee, it's our man Dean Leggy right there in the background. I yeah. I was going to zoom in know on that, that, know that head from anywhere. Um, what, what but, is, uh, look, look at Dean's setup here. Let me try to find this picture. Look at it's that. It's awesome. Whatever it is. That's all Dean does is awesome. Yeah. He's oh got my the God. IPhone, that's a, that's a, that's a SLR with an iPhone. on An top SLR of. and a GoPro and an iPhone. We're going to have to have him back on just to talk about that. Dean is the guy who takes pictures of Spider-Man, I'm pretty sure. He's got it, <laughs> he's got it all. He's got it all figured out there. But, no, I mean, you know, I, I got I do have a lot of respect for Tennessee. I do. I just uh, – Georgia seems to have kind of found a little bit of a thing there. Um, you know, Georgia's not – Georgia's so much better defensively than Alabama was this past year, and I know that was a historic win for them. Um, it'll be it'll still be interesting on Rocky Top. Um, you know that Tennessee found a way even last year in Josh Heupel's first year, 2021, in Josh Heupel's first year to kind of make it a little bit of a game there for a quarter and a half. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, um, you still have to like Georgia in that matchup. And uh, uh, but but I agree with Murray there. I just don't know how big of a threat it's going to be. Yeah. And, and and you know Tennessee's, you know when you go into rebuilding mode in in year three of of a coach it's a lot different than going and rebuild in year seven of a coach like georgia was last year uh georgia went went 15 and 0 uh, i had i don't think tennessee's gonna do that yeah it's easy to see the sparks of one guy of one quarterback and you're gonna see this with every team in the sec it happened to georgia when alabama was clearly the best team in the sec for a while and georgia's caught up if not surpassed them what did all the talking heads say at SEC media days in the offseason? They found reasons to make Georgia exciting. They found reasons to make you think, okay, maybe maybe this is the team that can knock off the tide. It's just what they do. Surprise, surprise, taking you behind the tinsel a little bit. That's what happens. For South Carolina, it's going to be uh, Shane Beamer, and it's going to be the return of the quarterback that was you know, anointed – four times already uh, at Oklahoma and at South Carolina. It's going to happen with every single school. Kentucky, now they don't have a quarterback who puts mayonnaise in his coffee. I mean, it's, it's going to be all kinds of angles for every different team. Tennessee just happens to be 
I feel like the most legitimate one. But when you look at what they did to Bama, everyone thinks that that's like this uh, this hurdle that that the Vols found a way to cross. They've broken this jinx. Alabama had 17 penalties in that game, and a lot of people want to continue to overlook that too. I don't see Georgia having 17 penalties in a game. That's just me. Maybe they do. Maybe something happens this summer, and they totally lose their heads and have – no composure and no uh, focus as a team, but I'm not seeing that. And that's what it took for Tennessee to even beat Alabama. And and Bama wasn't even uh, the class of the SEC West. So I hear what Murray's saying. For the record, he didn't say that Tennessee was going to beat Georgia. He just said they were the biggest threat. Uh, and by the way, Craig Lawson is just lighting up our comments. Um, <laughs> <laughs> with the uh, sarcastic remark on Milton being the most talented quarterback in the country, who wouldn't want a quarterback who got benched at two different schools? Now, hey, now like, like, Matthew C, like Matthew C. points out, there is a lot of physical prowess there with Joe Milton. He can throw a strawberry through a locomotive. I mean, he is he has got a big-time arm. I mean, you know, I, I was I think I was reading on the Tennessee board last year, like after the Georgia win, we got to Thursday or whatever, and they were talking about um sending a man to the moon or something as an off topic board. And they said, Why don't they just strap it to football and let Joe Milton throw it? I mean, because he can. I mean, listen, that that cat can throw the football. He can spin it. Uh, but Jamarcus Russell could throw the football. Um, you know, Jeff George could really sling that tater. Um, Anthony Richardson. Know, yeah. More recent Anthony history. Richardson. Um, yeah, so I mean, let's let's kind of you know let's let's see it for what it is, and you know Joe Milton has gotten benched a couple other places, and I'm not ruling out this year because they've got a high high uh, high dollar and high uh, you know talent freshman, and Nico I cannot pronounce his last name, and uh, we'll Nico, see. Nico, I'm a Nico, I'm a leave you. Yeah, I'm a leave you. <laughs> Nico. I, I actually have not heard anyone say it, so that's just yeah. My I haven't guess. either, and I don't want to try. I hate I hate butchering those people's names because they have such a beautiful, beautiful culture and and beautiful names and everything. And I just I hate messing them up, and I usually have to hear them about sixty times before I can get them right. Yeah. Uh, but you know, so that that's going to be a battle there too, and some drama they're going to have to fight through. Sling that tater, breaking tea slings those t-shirts, and uh, right now. There are red ones, there are gray ones, there are black ones, white ones. There are it's like I really Dr. thought Seuss. you were gonna go Dr. Seuss on a set. Yeah, it's like a Dr. Seuss. There are gray ones. There are Stetsons, there are not yeah, there are Stetsons, yes. there are Brock's, just Brock Bowers. But the point is you got dogs, you got dogs on dogs on dogs over at Breaking Tea, and the link is always in the show description we always show t-shirts on the uh on the preview here but some of them you can toggle them and they are also sweatshirts and hoodies too um not that you need those in the coming weeks but maybe they'll have them on sale i don't know that's what i would recommend but you can check over breaking tea uh and get all your georgia apparel needs situated right there jake we talked about quarterbacks that are already on Georgia's roster uh, to start the show to wrap things up there's been a lot of buzz over Dylan Riola um, and I don't just want to make this about Riola I want to kind of take the, the dynamic look at this Ryan Puglisi 
is not backing down either. With all this buzz, all the Georgia fans drooling over Dylan Riola, trending towards their team after backing off his commitment to Ohio State, kind of looking like he might check out Nebraska, uh, USC a little bit too. And right now, it seems like the dogs are, if not in the thick of this thing, they're the leaders. Yeah, I mean, Georgia leads. I'm I'm confident in saying that. And I you know, listen, I think Georgia's probably gonna get Dylan Rail in the in the uh in the fold sooner rather than later, I th- I guess would be the right way to put it. Um I'd be surprised if if he's not there within a couple weeks. I would have expected it to happen by now. Um, but I think ultimately uh you know, I, I think ultimately it, it became one of those things that's this kid's already committed somewhere one time and he did it too soon. Um, and I think they've admitted that. So if you're looking at it like that, I think that there's going to be some hesitation when you're, when you're a family, have the family dynamic that they do, which is dad is no stranger to the attention that comes with football and the tough decisions and the, and the sales pitches and things like that. Um, I think you've got a kid that's going to be really mindful of, of pulling the trigger a second time because it's one of those, it's like, all right, this is it. You know, this is, this is going to be the end of it. Um, Georgia does already have one in, uh, in, in, in the fold and Ryan Puglisi. And, and I think it's extremely, uh, you know, uh, it paints an extremely flattering picture of him to talk about him in the kind of light that's like, Hey, he's coming to compete come hell or high water. And I think that's uh, that's very important, and 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 I, I think he should. You know, I don't think that any quarterback is just this unbeatable force. You know, can you come in and catch on quicker than they can? Um, can you come in and process quicker than they can? It's not just about size and arm strength and speed. That's a big part of it. But you know, can you come in and, and grab hold of that thing? And uh, you know, that's that's a big part of it. So we'll see if he can do that. But I think Georgia's in great shape to get Rayola. I think that that Georgia needs to get him because I think it enhances this class from a skill position standpoint, because then I think Jaden Riddell and, uh, uh, and uh, Ringo, Ryan Wingo are two guys that Georgia has an excellent chance at. Both of those guys are from Missouri. Georgia leads in the RPM recruiting prediction machine over at on three for yeah, how both. About talent that comes out of Missouri, man. Don't sleep yeah. on the zoo. Show yeah, me. Yeah. Listen, but, but here's the deal, man. Here's the deal. So, you know, the last time George went into Missouri and signed two big-time talents, it didn't work out for him all that well. And, and you know, there were two guys who gave it their all for George and they're good dudes, but Aaron White and Logan Gray didn't pan out. Now, we're mm. not talking about quarterbacks here. We're talking about the receiver and tight end. Um, but, uh, you know, Georgia, Georgia's got a chance to get those two plus Dylan Raiola. Um, but, man, how far have things come, Wes? I mean, you got a quarterback from Arizona, a receiver and a, and a, a receiver from Indiana – a receiver from maybe from Missouri, a tight end maybe from Missouri, and uh, a quarterback from Connecticut. I mean, what what in the world? Like, I mean, it, it, these old these old dudes. We need to make a map by the time that class comes through. Maybe give it a maybe give it a few classes because you're not going to get all fifty states in one. I'm not making class, fun but... of them. I'm not making fun of the guys, these old heads. Okay, but you've got some old head out there who is. Sitting at the you know at the Shell station drinking coffee with his buddies you know reading the Georgia Times Union several years ago thinking man Kirby's gonna come in here and just put a fence around the state of Georgia. I mean, how many times did you hear that? If if you oh, had a million. drinking game out of that, we neither one of us would be on the show tonight. 
Oh, so many. And and Georgia, listen, Georgia's gotten Georgia's gotten a lot of lot of, of elite talent out of the state of Georgia. It's missed some elite talent. It's taken some out of state talent, uh, burden a hand, you know, right. before taking some in state talent. It's also taken some in state high ranked talent when it probably shouldn't have. You know, I can think of a handful of guys that were like, I don't know if they should take this guy, and they took him. Um, so they got uh, homesick, or they just weren't a yeah. good. Yeah. So I mean, there there are um, you got to trust your evals, and I don't think anybody would uh would beat up on Georgia for taking Dylan Rowell or Ryan Puglisi, Ryan Wingo, and Jaden Riddell. No, not at all. Yeah, especially I mean, when you've got Landon Thomas flipping to Florida State because Tallahassee's a lot closer to Col- to Colquitt County and Moultrie, Georgia. Yeah. Than uh, than Athens is. That makes sense, but still disappointing. You you gotta love having a Colquitt County Packer on the team, you know. And you uh, got one, Nicar. Yeah, he's sticking sticking it out. What it looks like, uh, Dejon Edwards, the yep. uh, mustard. He went he went to Colquitt, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, mustard went to Colquitt. That's right. And before Wayne. that, I believe the last guy might have been Vance Cuff. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they had Ty Flournoy Smith, who eventually ended up at Alabama, but uh, Vance Cuff might have been the guy before that. Oh, Vance Cuff, uh, that takes me back to my college days. Um, Dwayne Haskins, the eval on Dylan Raiola—that's the uh, kind of the player comparison that our our scouts at On Three put together. Dylan Raiola, a gifted arm talent with high upside as a passer. Passing ability, mobility, and play style as a junior in high school, similar to Dwayne Haskins at a similar age. Let's see if they got anything on Puglisi, just so y'all can kind of wrap your head around that. Committed to the dogs. I mean, look at this guy. If he's not from Connecticut, he might be from Alabama. It's kind of like Spencer Spencer Hall does the uh, Alabama or England because there's like such an overlap between Alabama rednecks and uh, England. I, I don't know if they're rednecks or well, England both, country both folk or whatever. Birmingham. There's no um, Birmingham. Bir- Birmingham. There's no comparison on uh, Ryan Puglisi, but all you got to know is he's a dog. Absolute dog. Ryan Puglisi looks like a uh, panhandle Floridian. <laughs> he, he does. Which is basically the same thing as Alabama. Uh, let's chop some wood, Jake Rowe. Just you and me tonight. Show moving a little bit quicker. That's okay. I think with both of us, uh, <laughs> as as Papa's Jake Rowe says he'll be on in four minutes. Should we filibuster? I'll be asleep in four minutes. Should we filibuster and let him come on just in time for chopping wood? Absolutely. Just l- let him be the closer. I need to hear Jake Rowe's voice. I need to hear his excuse. Uh, I'll chop some wood right now, though. Um, Jalen Carter is now getting the buzz again. Now that no one is uh, no longer a uh, no, now that people are no longer prisoners of the moment, and he's starting to creep back into people's top ten. We heard report that the Steelers may even trade up for him if he's still around around number nine. It wasn't that long ago, Jake, that we were hearing, you know, with his uh, you know, the, the run-ins that he had with the law, 
um, all that negative attention he was getting. And I'm not saying that he didn't deserve some more uh, scrutiny because of that. I'm not saying that at all. But I, I did point out that the NFL is a league that tends to overlook some things. And by the time the draft rolls around, I said a couple weeks ago, uh, I think Jalen Carter will probably be right back where he should be. If not where he should be, because he probably should be number one, number two, number three overall, at least in the top ten. And now we're starting to hear all the big names. Peter King, uh, his, obviously his age, Drew Rosenhaus is on every podcast that will take him, and that's helping things out too. But it just makes too much sense, man. He's too good to fall outside of the top ten. He's special. And the thing I don't understand, and I know Todd McShay does his homework, okay? But Todd McShay is like really going in on this kid about practice habits and the stories you hear. And I don't know where he would hear those stories. I, like I don't, like I've never heard one thing about Jalen Carter being a problem at George. I mean, he has, to, he drove like a maniac apparently okay like yeah i, I mean, get we, that. we know that we know that but i've never heard anything about it being hard to get him going at practice or there being concerns about competitiveness or work ethic but but man todd mcshay is pounding it i mean like going hard after it and i don't know if there's some team at number eight or number nine or or eleven that's slipped Todd some cash and is like hey we need we need this out there I, I'm, I'm not gonna question his integrity that's just a total joke I don't know if like if that's that's what that may be, you know, somebody may be feeding him some info. But I, I haven't heard and, and I've been around this team, you know, pretty, pretty closely since Jalen Carter's been at Georgia. And I've never heard one thing, not one single thing about Jalen Carter is this or that or this, you know, tough to deal with. I don't understand. Um, you know, and I'm not yeah, listen, uh, Dylan Brooks, I know you're getting after Todd McShay. I've got no reason to to think that Todd's a bad guy either. Um, you know, these guys are prisoner to the information they get fed. A lot of times it's not like you can um, – can't sit on it. Yeah, you can't sit on it and you can't, you know, go over there and, you know, prick Jalen Carter's finger and get a little blood drawn and be like, oh, character issues, confirmed. <laughs> um, that's just not there. So it's tough. But, I, I mean, he seems to be pretty dead set on it, so we'll let him have it. Jake Roos, tell us – speak wisdoms upon us. Yeah, you could you could test my blood for that. It there are rumors that you were <laughs> fixing your hair. You go you you could test my blood for character issues, and I promise the, it would return. The glare the glare on your left temple shows me that you have uh, that you have character issues. Yeah, I don't no question. It's also my birthday today. Just FYI. Oh, happy, oh, birthday. happy birthday! Yeah, why are you here? Nah. <laughs> I thought about not coming, but what would a Georgia show be without Jake Roos? Um, <laughs> it would be it would be white microwave free. Yeah, indeed, no question. Who wants that? Where the hell's Palmer, by the way? We we fired him today. What's his excuse? <laughs> Live on air. <laughs> Parker, Palmer began dialysis today. Palmer told us that he was uh, coming back from dinner at like eight twenty, and that's what I knew. Paul, Palmer is usually sitting in the waiting room for this show at eight twenty. <laughs> and everyone else is in here at 829. It's 720 where Palmer's at. I believe he is in Las Vegas. <laughs> oh, uh, so, so should I chop some wood or what's up? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. go for it. I did we talk about Riola yet? Yeah, but your perspective is always welcome. So okay. 
All right, so Put yeah, cherry I'm gonna, on top I'm here. I'm going to chop wood on that primarily because listen, I was I've not been a big believer in uh, George's chances with Dylan Riola up until I would say probably the last two to three weeks. Um, I, Jake, you were well ahead of the curve on that, uh, but I, I got a lot of Munson in me when it comes to it, and uh, I think I said that the other night on the show. I think George is in a, a really really good spot right now, and it, the timing is what the timing is. You don't you're not going to rush a guy like this. You're not going to dictate to him how it goes. Um, but I think Georgia in a really nice spot with Riola. Um, and so I think that, you know, that's huge, obviously, if, if that comes to fruition. I think what I'm going to chop wood on tonight, though, is Georgia reascending the ranks to the number one class uh, once again. Um, they mm. dropped out very briefly after the Landon Thomas decommitment and um, had a chance to uh, – uh, let somebody else take the spot for a day, but um, Georgia back on top now. They've expanded the rankings, so uh, they're factoring in. I think it's the top six commits at this point. Six. Yep. Yeah, Georgia in a really nice spot there. And listen, man, I mean, the guys that they have, when you go over there and look at it, I think right now they've got a really well-rounded class going into the summer. A lot of commits. That's what's crazy and, and, and a little bit different, I think, from years past. But the uh, Bulldogs uh, in a tremendous spot. You know, we're past G-Day. It should probably be quiet here, I think, for – until. well, I mean, if Ryola happens, there's nothing quiet about that. But, you know, outside of that, otherwise I think it could be a, sort of a quiet lead into summer. And um, But Georgia is in a tremendous spot. I think that June is going to be insane, all right, when it comes to official visits. I think that they've got all they can handle when it comes to that. And my guess is if everybody's, you know, feelings on, on Dylan Riola come true, that the Bulldogs um, will be turning guys away. Uh, that, that is my prediction. Um, and I'm not talking about random three stars. I'm talking about good, 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 good players. Wow. Um, so, uh, you know, they, they've got a couple guys on that list they're still going to have to battle for. Uh, Demarcus Riddick. Um, you got Probably Henry. not going to end up a, my prediction, not going to end up a Georgia commitment. I, I know, I know, and which is which is tough because, I mean, he's a tremendous linebacker. I think uh, we got him, what, number two in the on-three rankings, number three overall positionally. Um, Alabama kids are what Alabama kids are, man. It, it's the game you play, right? Yep. I mean, so it's – he's a tremendous player and Georgia would welcome him with open arms. I promise you that, but I wouldn't be too dismayed. And I'll say this too. If the Riola thing comes on, uh, then I would look towards Sammy Brown being a, a much bigger factor for this class. And then you're talking about the number one linebacker in this class. Um, yeah. You know, this, there are ripple effects from all of that. If it comes down. So. Uh, How about a uh, Nycar? Are yeah, we... that's, that's an interesting situation. I mean, he was he was pretty emphatic about you know his his commitment or or at least uh, what Landon's decommitment and then recommitment to Florida State meant for him to seem like at least on Instagram. But I don't think that um, I, right now I haven't heard anything to worry about on him um, at this point. I, and the thing about it is with Landon Thomas, I. Um, I was told almost immediately, like, I was told, hey, look, this is going to happen. Also, keep it on your radar. It, this is not necessarily a thing that you're going to want to put behind you. 
So um, I, I think that all of it bears watching. Now, what's going to be interesting is, does Georgia end up with Jaden Riddell, the number one tight end in the on three rankings, I think number two in the, the uh, industry ranking. And uh, I think that that's, I, I think that would that shift the conversation around Landon Thomas? That's possible. Um, George has shown a willingness to spend on those uh, tight end spots. And so if they could get both, I, I think they might. But if you could only get one, um, Riddell or Thomas would be fine. I mean, look, you got Amir Jackson still lingering out there from Portal. I think that that's another guy to keep your eyes on. You got Caleb Odom over at Carrollton. Those are a couple of in state options. Georgia's kind of got pick of the litter when it comes to tight end. I know that they just lost a guy, and it feels weird to hear me say that with that. But like I said, they're not they're not out of that running, in my opinion. And you got Jaden Riddell up next. I mean, it's it's a good situation for Georgia at tight end, as it's going to continue to be if Todd Hartley is the positional coach there and continues to recruit the way that he does. The Hartley effect. Yeah, I think question. Georgia would take Jaden Riddell and Landon Thomas if they could get both of them, simply oh, because you're losing you're losing Brock Bowers. You knock that room down to three. They you know they've had. I think they would like to have five um, there. Um, I think that's the number they would like to hit, and they're not there. You saw how weird it got this spring with Pierce Sperling out. You know they're working with a basically a walk on there. You can't really run two groups of twelve personnel, and that's something they really like to do. Um, I was actually going to chop wood on something that was brought up, and that's Nicar, uh, because in addition to the Instagram post, did some checking there, guys. I'm going to be really surprised if he doesn't stick with Georgia. And I know Rhett Womack was talking about he doesn't think he is going to stick. I'm going to be surprised if he doesn't, because I mean I know him and Landon Thomas are tight. Um, you know, I, I don't think Georgia's done with Landon Thomas. I don't think they're out of the mix there. Um, listen, if LSU goes in and puts a whipping on Florida State early in the year, uh, and you know Brock Bowers comes that's, in out and you know that's lights my, it up, that's my thought on the this. The Florida State is as about as red hot as anybody on the recruiting trail right now. Yeah, how does that transition into the fall, and how does that the success, and can they put it all on paper? I'm yeah, sorry. you almost wonder: are they getting to too hot too quick? Yeah, sometimes, man, you know, we, we saw this happen a couple of times, you know, for Georgia during the Rick years, is you would go into the season on fire with a lot of commitments. And then when yep. the season comes along, you can't you can't recruit like you do in the offseason. It's just it's impossible. It's 100% impossible. you got too much going on. And and the best staffs recruit well, but you can't recruit like you do during the, during the offseason. You can't see these guys as much. Um, you can't talk to them as much. They've got stuff going on. Um, their days are busier. Your days are busier. Uh, and, and you know, can Florida State keep that up? And I'm not – you know, listen, I, I got a lot of respect for that program. And I remember Mike Norvell sitting down with, with me and some other reporters at the Minority Coaches Convention several years ago where he was a speaker. Dude's the nicest guy. One of the nicest interviews I've ever had. Um, you know, just took like an hour and just goofed off with us. Good dude. I, I hope he does well. Um, but it's going to be tough to keep that up the way Georgia's going to recruit because Georgia finds a way to out-recruit just about everybody, um, you know, 11 and a half months out of the year. Uh, so it's it's going to be tough there. But I think Georgia would take Landon Thomas if they could get him, and I think they're going to get Nightcar. I think they've got him sold on a roll and and being in Athens, and I think they've got a real good connection with him there with Brian McClendon. And, and I think, too, listen – that you're still involved with a guy like Jaden Riddell, even after Thomas's decommitment, 
is is very telling. But also, too, there are easier places to go find your way as a tight end. Uh, it's this is not a room that you want that you're just spurred toward the front on, and uh, it, that's probably more so the case at Florida State. And I understand that, I get that. Um, but Georgia's development speaks for itself, I think, at the tight end position, and uh, has been tremendous. So uh, I, I think that you can look at it from both perspectives. Um, it makes sense if you don't want to be in the room. It also makes sense if you do. Yep, it's a nice story to see Florida State coming back. You'll hear a lot of people with that cliche that I absolutely detest in college football. It's just better when Florida State, it's good for college football when Florida State's good. Doesn't matter, man. It's good for us when Georgia's good, though. And uh, the dogs are, are crushing it right now. Craig Lawson is our comment section MVP tonight. Well, boy, is he not. That, 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 oh, uh, an absolute pair. That comment at the Tomahawk Dog has me rolling right now. Good point, Tomahawk Dog. Hadn't thought of it that way. Uh, (laughs) Um, You guys are awesome in that comment section. It's so funny. We love all of y'all, and uh, thank y'all for tuning in tonight. Roos, glad you can make it. Enjoy your birthday. Have a couple more cold ones. And uh, Ro, get some sleep. We'll be back here on – what day is it? It's Wednesday. We'll be back here Sunday night. And if y'all missed – Bark After Dark on Monday with Seth Emerson. Go watch that. That was a fun one. Yeah, amazing. We, uh, we, amazing. We named, a, we named a travel memoir. So, yeah. <laughs> good memories of bad hotels. And Jake Rowe, uh, Jake Rowe revealed his uh, favorite wrestlers. So, yeah. yeah. Good memories of bad hotels sounds like a Dwight, uh, Dwight Yoakam. Yes. Album. Wes, while we're here, uh, what's your, your, your favorite wrestler all time? Um, I, I was not a big wrestling guy, so my my uh, my favorite wrestler is just like the Yokozuna. I mean, it's just like the <laughs> the the, the top notch guys. But I I liked Mick Foley when I wow. we had a friend on our street who was like the end all be all ultimate wrestling dude, and whenever I'd go over there and he'd be watching tapes of old wrestlers trying to catch me up to speed he would only show me Mick Foley bleeding. And so that was all right. This guy's awesome. So that's my guy. Dude had a lot of different names. Cactus Jack. Dude love. We we got, we got to stop. We got to stop. We'll be, it's take an hour. Yeah. Y'all go watch. Y'all go watch. We're going to do a wrestling show soon. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to do bark after dark wrestling. Hopefully we'll be able to, uh, get Mick Foley from his job at Ace Hardware cutting keys and he'll come uh, <laughs> he'll come uh, come on with us. Maybe y'all can actually wrestle uh, <laughs> during, during the episode. Um, y'all have a uh, great rest of the week. Safe weekend. We'll catch you back here on Sunday night, 8.30 p.m. Peace. <laughs>